let's pray for those that are not well and and also for uh, janine um, as well too during this time as she continues to go for treatment i want you to turn your bibles open to luke chapter one or uh, open your phones and look to uh, that uh, chapter which we're going to go to in just a minute but um, some of you know that i've just returned from spending six months living and working in Eastern Europe as a military chaplain. And uh, we happen to be in a very small Baltic country, Latvia, of about two million people. And uh, it's interesting how I listen to the people from there to be able to say, um, we know peace right now and we really value it, but the reason why Canada and other NATO countries have come to be able to live and work within that country is for the defense and deterrence of a threat that they feel that would take away that peace. So the 750 people that I served alongside of, and in the future it will even become more, uh, is to be able to be a continual reminder that we believe as a fellow NATO country, it's important for all NATO nations, and for that matter other nations, to be able to know freedom to be able to know peace, to be able to know security. And uh, these people in this country say, we, we know what it's like when we lost it prior to 1991, when we were part of the Soviet Union. It was not good. And we really want uh, for others to enjoy it. And they're deeply concerned for their neighbor country, Ukraine, that's been invaded. And so they spoke to me of a time where they remember um, looking forward to having their freedom back uh, prior to 1991 when they longed to be able to have the peace that they have and the independence that they got back and the security that they currently know. And I thought to myself, well, you know, uh, here we're in this season of Advent where we're thinking last Sunday about hope and the way that that's treasured amongst the Christian community as Amos talked to us about what was happening in the book of Acts. And the author of Luke is also the author of Acts, um, the physician Luke. And he particularly captured something really important in Luke chapter 1 about people uh, finding peace in the midst of seemingly an impossible situation. And so we're going to look at that for a moment. But I just want to be able to say and maybe ask you the question, as you rub shoulders with people, and maybe as you experience things in your own life, to what extent do people know peace personally and individually and something that is deep down inside their heart? To what extent, when you listen to people and connect with people, do you find that worry and stress and concern dominates their lives and their worldview? I just want to be able to ask you that question because the prophets spoke long before uh, Jesus came into the world and they were encouraging people that they could trust God, that they could look forward to someone who would come. And this is the way that Isaiah said it in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child will be born, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And as we start to be able to think about that message that Isaiah brought, it was during trouble, troubling times. So as we start to think about those that experience 
trouble in their lives and a lack of peace. We want to be able to think about the way in which the scriptures uh, speak into our lives, I think in a very relevant and meaningful way. And the early church caught a hold of this, and they grasped it with both hands, and they recognized that that's what needed to guide their life and guide their community life together. And so it's really important for us to think for a moment this morning on the second Sunday of Advent, how do the scriptures from the Old Testament and the New Testament speak into the circumstances where people don't know peace? And maybe where seemingly peace looks like a very impossible thing to be able to grasp a hold of and to bring into their lives. When I look out into my world, when I watch the news, when I talk with people, when I listen to them, sometimes I'm really concerned because they tell me that the outlook looks bleak and they are possibly depressed because of that. And I think to myself, these people don't know peace. They haven't experienced something in their life that spiritually helps us to be able to know peace in a very significant way. And here God used Luke, the physician, who became a leader in the early church to capture the way that Jesus brought both hope and peace into the lives of people that were sometimes experiencing real stress, real difficulties, where the outlook looked bleak and even impossible. So this morning, if maybe you're facing a seemingly impossible situation, or you know someone else that's facing that, I want us to think for a little bit about how it is that God could speak into our lives and encourage our hearts and help us to see beyond that. So let's start reading together in Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. A virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her own old age. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. No word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. So here I find this to be a situation where we read in a couple of different examples a seemingly impossible situation. And Mary, in a very personal way, as an extremely young Jewish woman, would have been experiencing that in a very uh, personal and relevant way. And as I start to be able to think, let's just look at the impossible situations that there are here. 
First, when we've got Mary, we think about a pregnant virgin having a child and remaining a virgin. I mean, really, think about that for a moment. We know how the story ends, but if you think of what it was like to be told this is going to happen to you with no warning and not understanding God's big plan, because sure, it's great for an angel to show up and be able to say, this has all been worked out for you. And you're kind of sitting, okay, it's all been worked out, great. It doesn't sound very plausible to me. On first hearing of it, imagine what it would have been like for her. Joseph, following through on the marriage, when he discovers that she's pregnant, they had very clear moral boundaries during that time. You did not do that. He wanted to be a proper Jewish man, following the mores that there were of the time, making sure that he was faithful and that he was responsible. And so it looks like Mary hasn't really been that way to him, and what do you do? In fact, if we think for a moment about Mary having this child, as she's been told it's going to take place, and Joseph following through on the marriage when he discovers that Mary is pregnant, uh, both of those things, right off the hop, are seemingly impossible. And they are certainly not peaceful situations in any sense of the word. In fact, if we go a little bit further, a person who is unmarried, who becomes pregnant in Mary's time, actually is going to be very fearful because the community around you is not going to accept that and say it's okay. In fact, you could possibly be at risk of your life. And Mary is processing those things because that's the natural way in which things take place. And then she ends up hearing this message, the shadow of the Most High will be over you. And Mary is struggling with seemingly the impossibility of this happening and the fact that she's been called to be able to live out something that is very challenging for her. And I can imagine that when she hears this word, the shadow of the Most High will be over you, my natural reaction was, okay, God, it's good you're going to be with me because I don't know if anybody else is going to be with me. And as we think to ourselves about this impossible situation, it's followed up by the fact that Elizabeth is going to give birth to John the Baptist. She conceives in spite of her old age. Another impossible situation. It's so impossible that the news leaves Zachariah speechless. I think both of them are processing the fact that they longed for many, many years to be able to have a child when they were younger. They were not thinking of starting a family at this life stage. And yet, in this story of biblical impossibilities, we discover that God comes and intervenes and helps. And so this morning, I just want to say, when I ask you the question, are there things that seem seemingly impossible in your life, or in the life of maybe someone that you're alongside of? Maybe if we think about trying to bring healing, where there's been great hurt, and we don't know how there could be resolution, or how it could get better. Maybe for a person whose faith has been damaged, because of the fact that you were not expecting something that took place in our world that did happen. 
And we're wrestling with that and trying to be able to understand it and continue to be able to trust God, but we don't know why things happen the way they do. Maybe relationships that need to be restored right now, where people have become estranged, and it seems like right now it's impossible for those two to be able to come back together again. There's some people that ask me my opinion about whether or not there could be peace in Ukraine. And there's very few that are optimistic and think maybe there could be resolution there from that terrible war that they've been in. And then there's others that look at it more realistically and say, looks like an impossible situation to me. And maybe you might find yourself the same way that Mary was at the beginning, where she's troubled by it. And, and in essence, kind of, I think, almost asking the question, well, you know, how will this be in verse 34? It's a natural response when you're told that you're facing an impossible situation. Well, how do we go forward? And maybe you might say, well, yeah, Bob, I thought about some of the questions you've asked this morning, and I don't know how the situation is going to be resolved in my life or in the life of someone else. I don't know how a relationship can be restored. There's things in my past I don't know if I'm going to get past or beyond. I or someone I care about deeply needs emotional healing. And right now I'm not sure how that's going to take place. And maybe even when we think to ourselves about those that we pray for that need physical healing, maybe their sickness almost seems like an impossible thing for them to move beyond. And sometimes I know that worry can creep into our lives and we stay awake at night. And doom can sometimes come flooding in. The trouble of our world try to push out space for hope and peace for us to be able to know. And I think what God calls us to is to carve out room, big amount of room, for faith to work and for us to be able to start praying continuously, trusting God and letting that to prevail in our lives and hope to be able to guide our hearts towards a place of peace. So when we start to think the situation here looks impossible, we don't know how we're going to go forward. The question we really need to ask is kind of what Mary was dealing with is, okay, God, how is the impossible situation going to change so that it becomes possible? How can I move from my fears being able to guide me and hold me back so that actually my faith can allow me to go into that space of hope and love. And I think the key is really found in the language that we read in the story that starts particularly in verse 32. When we begin to read words that are dripping with great biblical imagery that talk to us about who God is and how he works. So look at verse 32 with me. First of all, we see the word great. That tells us something. We see the word most high. We read the word Lord God. We read the word throne of his father David. Okay? I'm not going to take time to be able to explain all of the historical references, but I'm just going to say they go deep. They draw people to be able to remember this is the God of the Old Testament that was faithful to his people, that worked in seemingly impossible situations over and over again. And this is the one who is coming again and now is actually going to come to you in the form of an infant 
that you are going to carry and you are going to give birth to and you are going to care for and nurture this one. This is what this is all about. A God who reigns, as it speaks in verse 33, whose kingdom will never end. The power of the Most High in verse 35, and a reference to the Son of God in verse 35. All of these words are chosen and used very specifically when they were first given, and then they were captured by the Gospel writer. They were carefully preserved, and they were treasured within the church, and they continue to be something that we need to keep reading to each other today, because it helps us to remember that impossible situations become possible when we exercise our faith, when we trust in God, when we recognize that this greeting of the angel, the Lord is with you, is tied to the word Emmanuel, which means God with us. So there are a lot of powerful words that flow through this situation, and so that I don't keep us here until afternoon. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about them. I'm just simply going to say they mean a tremendous amount. They did to Mary when she heard those words. They did to the Christian community when they started to understand how it was that God miraculously allowed for Jesus to be able to come and be among us and be with us. And it doesn't stop there. When Mary goes to Elizabeth, and as Mary greets Elizabeth, the baby uh, leaps within her. And as that happens, uh, Mary begins to sing a song that's called Mary's Song or the Magnificent. And that's why I told you to leave your Bibles open. Because in the verses that follow where we stopped reading, we realize there is more powerful imagery here that speaks specifically to the way that God is going to help overcome in seemingly impossible situations. In verse 49, 51, and 52, it tells us here that God has enough power to be able to overcome. That's really important. When we think about the problems and challenges that we have in our life, and how are we going to solve them? Well, in and of ourselves, that's one option. Or the other option we're invited to when we read through this story is to allow God to be able to come into the equation. Allow God to be able to enter into our situation and say, God, I'm not going to try to solve this on my own. I am going to be able to trust you and allow you to be able to work in and through my life to help me here. In verse 49, it talks about how God has enough power to be pure. In 52 to 55, God has enough power to be compassionate. So when we think about all of these things, we realize that, in essence, they're telling us how God works in seemingly impossible situations. It's with his power that's going to be released into the life of Mary and Elizabeth here, and he invites those of us of faith to be able to treasure that and to allow him to come and work in our lives. How is that going to happen? Well, it seems as if when God's name is spoken into the world of a person who's facing an impossible situation, all of a sudden, the perspective change. And the impossible all of a sudden becomes possible. Mary asks how, and she's simply just told, it's by God's power. You've got to be able to trust in that. 
That's the only way it's going to go forward. It's not by Joseph's power, not by her power, not by the power of family or friends, not by the power of luck, but actually it's by God's power. And Luke uses the word impossible in verse 37 to be able to kind of capture the way that it really seems to be. And when we think about that word impossible, it comes from the word possible, where we put a negative in front of it. And it means without power or without the ability to actually accomplish something. And Mary kind of asks an honest question and says, well, how does this situation move from seemingly be impossible? And the simple answer that she gets is by God's power. So I'd like to paraphrase what the angel says. I think it's, and by the way, in case you didn't know or wondered about it, in case you had questions, in case you had doubts, let me tell you, inform you, remind you, announce to you that nothing is impossible with God. He has the power and can do all things. And so my friends, when we start to think about our own lives, where we live right now, the challenges that we face, the impossibilities that come up and get in our way sometimes. God, the Most High, gives us the word for the day, possible. And he gives us grace for the things that seem to be impossible for us. The angel comes with this message of grace. Talks about being highly favored. That basically means to grace. It means the person is going to receive something which is not of themselves. It's something that God confers upon us in the same way as it mentions that we're accepted in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6. We wouldn't be able to have this help that God offers for us to move impossible situations towards the realms of possibilities unless we are objects of God's grace unless we realize that the whole message of the incarnation of Jesus Christ, his coming into the world, was for us. And in conclusion, we need to be able to have a response, as Mary did. That response, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. She is a surrendered and willing participant. So when we're facing impossible situations and we decide to trust in God, to be able to know that he can undertake for it and he can help us, we need to be able to be ready to take that same step of faith that Mary did. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me in whatever way you will, God, to work in and through this situation. And when God's power is met with a willing and surrendered heart, all of a sudden, things start to change. They did for Mary. They did for Elizabeth. They did for all the people that were around them. And the question we have as we leave today and go forward to be able to serve our Lord Jesus Christ is how can we come to trust God? And that brings us to our place of prayer today. And then the last song. And uh, when Jenna and I, we were looking at the songs that uh, Brian had so carefully chosen today, I, I want you to be able to pay special attention to, uh, I heard the bells on Christmas Day because it was written during the time of the American Civil War. And when we see the words, hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men, 
there are a lot of problems and a lot of difficulties. There's a lot of seemingly impossible situations, whether we're talking about countries in conflict or people just facing hard things in their life. And we need to be able to rally during this time of Advent around the hopeful message of Jesus Christ that we read. And as uh, we prepare for, uh, for prayer today, we're going to be able to think about the prayer of St. Francis, where we're simply asking God to be able to work in and through our lives in the situations that we face and how we can go forward. And so I'm going to lead us in that prayer and then also just to ask God to help us with the things that concern us right now, that burden our heart, that we need to trust in him today with. Let's pray. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love, for it is in giving that we receive, in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Gracious God, this day we ask for you to strengthen our hearts and give us courage to trust in you. As we have read in scripture of those who have come into very difficult times in their lives and yet they learn to trust you in the midst of them and they learn to recognize that you can work in and through us and in and through the circumstances that we face in our lives. For anything that burdens us or um, holds us back from trusting you, we ask, Lord, that today would be a day where we would find strength from the faith that you invite us to place in you and your ability to work. We ask that you would bring healing where there is illness and that we would continuously trust in you for healing where it's needed. We lift up to you, Janine, and the people that Glenna rubs shoulders with and any others that we are aware of right now that we are concerned for and we're trusting in you to be able to work in and through their lives and their circumstance to be able to know that you care and love for us and we can trust you in good times and in hard times and in times where we find it uh, brings us low, we can look to you and that makes a difference in the way in which we would go forward from that place. We thank you for this day and for the opportunity we've had to look into your word draw encouragement to our hearts, and we ask that you would strengthen us to serve you as we leave this place today. And thank you for your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen.